0: God bless you. We're happy for all of you that are with us here today. And this is the adult Sunday school class. We are delighted that you're here with us. We're going to be getting into our Bible lesson. Let's pray and ask God to bless us all, every one of us, each and every one of us here this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you, God. We thank you for your blessings and goodness to us. We praise you, God, for your wonderful and glorious salvation. We thank you for the privilege to serve you, to live for you, to walk with you, Lord. We ask you to bless the word of God to our hearts and lives here today. Touch us with a touch from heaven. We give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Shake your hand. Shake the hand of the person next to you. Greet them in Jesus' name. Let them know that you're glad they're here. Amen. We're glad that all of you that are with us today. <clears throat> we have been studying the book of Romans. This is one of the most interesting books in the Bible. Uh, to study, and uh, we talked about how that Paul uh, talks about how that the grace of God precedes and supersedes, rather, the works of the law. This is how he starts out with the book, and he talks about how that the works of the law uh, was what the some of the Christian Jews were, who were trying to impose the law on Christian Gentiles. And Paul, in defense of the Christian Gentiles, was saying, no, they do not have to fulfill the law. And so he talked about the grace of God that was given, therefore it supersedes the, uh, the law. He talked also about the, the Spirit of God supersedes the law written on stone. In other words, with the Spirit, he writes the laws on our hearts, and then, it, and then that supersedes the laws that were written on stone. And he, re- of course, refers to other scriptures in the Old Testament that said that there would come a time in which the lord would put his spirit in us and by that he would put his word in our hearts rather than just written on stone he also talked about the necessity of the spirit how essential it was for us to have the spirit without his spirit we're none of his and he mentions this of course in, in romans chapter eight and uh without his spirit we're none of his also that uh if we do not have his spirit we'll not be going in the rapture i think that's eight eleven. 11 so it talks about the importance of the spirit of God as well. Uh, then we got into the subject of the adoption, which is the resurrection. And uh, we know that we are made of a body, soul, and spirit. And when, the, uh, when a person dies, their soul and spirit goes back to God who gave it. The Bible tells us that in, in Ecclesiastes. So it goes back to God who gave it. But the, uh, the body is, is back to the earth from which it came. Because we are the earth earthly. And at the resurrection, that, that is dead, is raised. The body, the soul, and the spirit is not dead. It never has died. Therefore, it just reunites with the body and comes forth in a resurrected body. And the Bible says, we do not yet know how we shall appear, but we should be like him. Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. He's the first. And therefore, our hope is based upon what happened to him. He rose again. He had a glorified body. And so the Bible says we shall have a glorified body like has his glorified body. One place says we do not yet know how we shall appear, but we'll be like him. For we shall, we will shall, we'll see him as he is. If you can look upon Christ, then we will be like him because he has a glorified body, very bright. Paul looked upon him and, and then he was brighter than the noonday sun, 8th chapter of the book of Acts. So uh, this resurrection is called the adoption because... Our earth, which is of the earth earthly. And the Bible says that we are the earth earthly. This earthly body, uh, we are the earth earthly. From the earth it came, the earth it must return. But at the resurrection, this earthly body is made into a heavenly body, which is the glorified body. And so that is called the adoption. In other words, being adopted from earth to heaven. an earth From the earthly body to the heavenly body. Or, or the, uh, the body is adopted to the heavenly environment. I should put it that way. And so that is called the adoption. The adoption is not us being grafted into the family of God like Israel. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with our bodies that has been adopted. Jesus Christ paid the price on Calvary, and he shed his blood, and his blood was given to the earth for your, in exchange for your body and mine to be a heavenly body, as well as our soul and our spirit. Praise the Lord to be saved. And so uh, in the resurrection, uh, the, the soul and spirit will, re- will reunite with the body and we'll come forth. If we're dead, we'll come forth in a glory. The dead in Christ shall rise first, come forth in a glorified body. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a glorious hope that we have and it's the promises of God and it's based upon the word of the Lord which is something I'm going to be getting more into here this morning. Uh, Also, we talked about the predestination of the church, the predestination of the church, because some Jews were saying that they had to come by way of of the law in order for Gentile Christians to be fully saved. They had to come by way of the law. And Paul, in writing to the Roman church, let them know they were not a tack-on. The church is not a tack-on thought with God. The church is was predetermined by the Lord. We are pre, we are predestined. In other words, already determined that we would be. Praise the Lord. So the church is predestined, uh, not individuals, but the church itself is predestined. It's predestined by the Lord way back there. And so when you read the word predestination in the Bible, it's not talking about us as individuals predestined. It's talking about the church of the living God uh, that is predestined. And so we talked about that uh, also. And then finally last week. We talked to you about, and this is following right on up through the book of Romans uh, into chapter 9. We talked about the sovereignty of God. That God has a right to choose the Gentiles for his church if he wants to. And this is what Paul gets really into. In other words, you can't say to God, oh, you can't do that because you have to use the Jews. You can't use the Gentiles. And you have to have the, Jews to, the Gentiles to go through the system of the Jews. No, no. And he goes on to say God doesn't have to do anything, any way except the way he wants to do it. And he goes on to use the illustration about the potter. The potter makes the vessel. He makes it whatever he wants to make it. He makes it any way he wants to make it. He can do what he wants to do with it. Praise the Lord. So it's God's choice. So if God uh, chose uh, to use the Gentiles whenever that time would come, then, then God did that because he had chosen to do that and he could choose to do whatever he wants to do. But the Lord, in, in all that, God also stays with his own word. And he, he stays within the framework of what he has said from the word of God. Now, today, I want to go on the subject of faith. Because here is what Paul says here. And we're still in chapter 9 here of Romans. And if you go to verse 30, this is sort of a wrap-up of what Paul's been talking about. About all of the, uh, the, 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 pre- the predestination of the church and the sovereignty of God. For God to do what he wants to do. And then he, he is building up to going into the discussion, well, what about the Jews? And the 11th chapter deals heavily with the Jewish people and the, and the restoration of Israel itself. And that's going to be a very interesting study. Uh, here in chapter 9, I want you to look with us in the 30th verse. I'm going to start with 930 of Romans He says, what shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness even the righteousness which is of faith? And he's still defending the position that we're saved by faith and not by the works of the law. faith, of course, I'm going to talk to you about that this morning. Uh, The righteousness of the faith, verse 30, verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness... Have not an, an, uh, attained to the law of righteousness, even though they followed it. And the, here's why, and verse 32 gives us the answer, wherefore, because they sought it not by faith. They sought it not by faith. And so the Jews did not seek after righteousness by faith, but they sought it only through the law. I'm going to talk to you about this faith because the faith is a very powerful thing and I'm going to show you why it is I have a series of Bible lessons that I am working on that the pastor has asked me in the future to teach on a series on Wednesday night short series like maybe three, four, five, six lessons in a row on one subject or series of subjects and they're based on the fact that uh, faith is built on the word of God I'm going to talk to you about that sometime in the distant future. This is one of the reasons we're not starting back the Tuesday night class on Tuesday night, because he wants he wants us to sort of concentrate on some Wednesday night services in this fashion. So we'll not be having the Tuesday night, at least not right away. You folks who have been in our Tuesday night uh, bishop Tuesday night for Tuesdays with Bishop class, uh, we'll not be starting back in September because we got some other things in the makings on that. But I want to talk to you here a little bit about the faith because faith is based and built on the Word of God. Now. There are people who say that if you have strong enough faith, you can do anything, you know. Uh, I had a guy one time came through Melbourne here years ago, and he needed some money. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to California. And I said, how are you going to get there? He said, well, I'm just going to have faith in God. No, he just said, I'm going to have faith. He didn't say God at all. He said, I'm going to have faith that I'll get there. I said, you'll have faith that you get there? I said, well, uh, what, uh, what prompts you to, to have this faith? Well, I just decided that I'm just going to go and I'm going to believe hard enough and strong enough that I'll be able to get there and everything. And I said, yeah, and you're stopping by and asking me for some help, and down the road you'll be asking somebody else for some help and somebody else. And then I gave him a little minute Bible study that what he was doing was not the faith the Bible talks about. See, that's, that's faith in your, yourself, That's faith in your own thoughts. Let me say this today. There's a difference in what's called faith, what we know as faith, and what's called mind over matter. Some people believe if they believe anything strong enough, it has to be, it has to happen because they have faith. That's sort of a mind over matter thing. Faith, folks, listen to me closely on this. Faith must be based on the word of God. It must be based on what God has said. Praise the Lord not on what I think. I can have faith in myself. We can call that faith. We can call it self-confidence. But there has to be a, there has to be in ourselves, praise the Lord, a faith in the Word of God. The Word of God is where it all starts. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this particular subject here, about the faith that God would have us have, and it's all based in the Word of God. I want to show you something in the Scriptures here. If you will look with me in uh, St. John, chapter 1, I'm going to read Uh, Some verses to you here. And I'm going to show you how powerful the Word of God is. And uh, if you and I can learn to exercise faith in the Word of God, folks, it is the most powerful thing in the world because faith in God's Word is faith in what is the most powerful thing in the universe, and that's the Word of God. Nothing's any, any greater than that. And so in John 1 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. And the word with here does not mean two individuals like uh, Bill and John are together. uh, But it simply means the word with comes from the word pros, P-R-O-S, the Greek word pros. It's a different word than a word like uh, two of us or the Harry and I are with each other, you know, that type of thing. It's not not that kind of a, a with. But it's a different one. It means my health is with me. My strength is with me. Uh, my, uh, my sanity is with me, uh, my word is with me, you know. Uh, people say, you have my word, you know. Well, right, the word is not a different person than me, but it's only an extension. And it's not only what I have said, but it's also what I think and what I will, my will. So when you talk about the word of God here in John 1, 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, You're talking about the word that is of God. So you're talking about one God and his word, which is an extension of him. And it goes on to say here, and it says, and the word was God. And then in verse two, the same was in the beginning with God. And that is that this word here, this Greek word. And uh, then it goes on to say, verse three, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Everything made was made through the word of God, by the word of God. And then finally down in verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so uh, this word, praise the Lord, is a great and a very powerful thing. And by the word of the Lord, God made all things. And I'm reading here from Psalms 33 and uh, verses uh, uh, 6 and verse 9. Verse 6 says this, 33, 6 in Psalms, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. The Lord said it and it was done. He goes on to say in verse 9, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord just said it and it was so. And I tell you that today because there are a lot of uh, people who like to believe in this evolution thing. And you you say, well... Uh, you know, what about so and so? Oh well but before that there uh, was, you know, you go back you go back several thousand years. Then you before that well you go back several million years. Or you then you go back several trilli and you know, you you keep on going back, back, back until there was the, the you know, the amoeba and the amoeba sprung up and made two amoebas and then they and then finally they kept hatching and getting bigger and bigger uh you know, protozoas or whatever they are, they're the one-celled animals that begin to make two-celled animals, three-celled Finally, something, well, something crawl out of the ocean, you know, with legs, and then finally he, he evolved, evolved. Everything's evolution. Everything's evolving, and uh, which is a very sad thing because, and I always ask this to the, to the atheist or the agnostic that's trying to say to me, everything evolves. I always say this, well, way back there when there was nothing, <laughs> you know, who made that? made Who made, it? Who made the, all of this stuff in the beginning? You know the water? Where did that come from? You know everything. So you, I don't care how far back you go. you've got to come up to the fact that somebody had to create it, had to created everything. And so and we come to that place about the Lord, and the Lord made everything. I, I, am a, I have this uh, I have my, my swimming pool, in my back patio, and i got these plants, plants that grow around it. And uh, I've observed those plants. I've taken pictures of them. But they're amazing to me. They're amazing to me. Harry comes over and does stuff in my yard. And he's a great, great guy and, uh, and everything. And this one plant was growing up, and it was a little stalk like this. And Harry says, Brother Myers, I'm going to put a thing on here so it won't brick. Cause it's starting to bend over. starting to bend over. And I knew that there was another one that was about to bend over also, the same kind. So he said, I'm going to put a little stake on it so it won't bend over, so it won't break or whatever. So he did. And I, and I, just, I didn't say nothing. I just let him do it. The other one, I didn't do anything. I just left it alone. It did. It bent way over. And then you know what happened? It shot, out, it shot out more of them like this, plants. And then this one turned up. And later on, another one shot up. It bent over. And then it shot up. And next thing I hear oh, here's the one by itself that Harry had staked out, and it kept getting taller, but it was held with that little pipe that he had by it, a little plastic pipe. The other was creating a little forest. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now, how did that plant know to do that? You be, what kind of brain is it got? It doesn't have any. But it knows, praise the Lord, that it's got to, it just knows what to do. God put that in that plant. There's another little plant that grows and it's got a little long stalk. And it's got it's got all these leaves and things. It puts out leaves and I watch it and it puts out leaf, leaf and It keeps getting a little taller. A little plant that grow up a little tall, a little tall, little palm, small little palm thing. Then I see a little stem growing out the side. And I said, that's not a leaf. And I watch the stem, and it grows down, and it goes down, it keeps going until it hits the dirt, and it goes into the dirt and takes root and becomes a guy wire. For that plant, so it doesn't get top heavy and, and fall over. It holds it up. And it holds it up straight. And after it goes a little higher, it'll shoot one on the other side. And the other side, and you look at these plants that's been just planted there for some time. They got all these little guy wires. That, that You know, I said, how does it know which side to do it? How does it know which direction to do it? It's, you know, how can it know it's leaning, you know? You know, I'm trying to point out to you here that God's wisdom is in everything that's created, and He made everything, and He just simply spoke it into existence. And I'm trying to tell you here today how powerful the Word of God is. It's a powerful thing. The word of God is powerful. And uh, I uh, I read that scripture in Matthew. I'm going to read it to you. It's also found in Luke. Almost word. For, it is word for word. Same same thing. In Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Wow. Heaven and earth shall pass away. In other words, all this creation, heaven and earth, everything on earth, you think about all the things on earth, everything on earth is going to pass away, and all the heavens will pass away. I saw somewhere the other day where they found another planet that they said this like Earth, the same distance from to its sun, and blah blah blah, and everything is you know it's one of the things where there just might be life there, possibly who knows? Only it's dark, they can't even see it. They just know it's there for by other indications. I don't know how they figured all that out, but they they say they can, and 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 so they're they're working on that theory. And they said for us to go at the speed that we're now able to send somebody through space at, it'd probably take 44 years for somebody to get there, you know, or 400 years or something like that. Anyhow, forget it is out of the question. Okay, all of this great heavens that the Lord has created and spoken into existence, it'll all pass away. But here's what he says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And I looked at that years ago when I was a young man. And I said, God, if your word is that powerful, and if your word is that great, give me the faith to believe the word of God for everything you say. And folks, the Lord has given us the revealed word of God for mankind. It's right here. It's in the book. And he's given that to us. And if we will learn to believe the word, this is called faith. This is what faith is all about. If we will learn to believe the word of God, and say, God, you know, I'm going to believe you no matter what comes or what goes. There can be all kinds of, uh, you know, you can try to believe in a lot of things, but I'm going to believe in the Word of God. And if you believe in the Word of God, it'll keep you steadfast, it'll it'll keep you on a solid rock, it'll keep you on a firm foundation, praise the Lord. And that's simply called faith. And faith, praise the Lord, is what our battle is. Here's why. The devil hates the Word of God. He doesn't like the Word of God. That's what he fights. And our battle, listen to me closely, our battle is keeping the faith. That's our fight. The fight of keeping the faith. You keep on believing the Word of the Lord. You know, the Lord says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together, as the matter of some is, seeing the day approaching. Neglect not the assembling. That's what we do. We come together. Don't, don't neglect going to church. Always come to church. The Bible says it. Praise the Lord. And that some things has got promises to them, some things don't. There's the Ten Commandments. I love it. The middle, you know what the Fifth Commandment is? Honor your parents. And it's the first one with promise. Honor your parents that your days may be long on the earth. Yeah, I, I have fun sometimes, I'll tell you, somebody, I, somebody bags my groceries and he's going to help me out with them. I said, take care of your mother. He said, look at me, he says, you know, you know my mother, you know who I am. I said, No, but take care of her. Why do you say that? I said, that your days may be long on the earth. I read, you know, and I give him the scripture and everything. It's an exodus also in, in Deuteronomy and everything. But that's a promise from God. Is that promise real or not? That's just one little example. But I'm just trying to tell you here today that if we can learn to say, God, if your word says it, I believe it. Hallelujah. Is that way for salvation. What do I have to do to be saved? You know, we believe on the Lord, but that believing has to be put in action. It's not just a boomerang thing in our head. It's an action thing. If I stood here in the pulpit and I said, the building's on fire, go out that door and you'll be saved. Go out that door and you'll be saved. Go out those doors and you'll be saved. Number one, you got to believe the building's on fire. You've got to believe my words. Buildings on no fire. You've got to believe number two, that those X's, you got that way, you can be saved. You've got to believe that. And if you say, Oh, thank you, Brother Byrnes, everybody leaves, and one, one person's sitting out here. And I said, Do you believe what I'm saying? The building's on no fire? And they'll say, uh, yeah, I believe you, Brother Myers. Well, why don't you get up and go out? Oh, I don't know. I just uh, I just, you know, I just I'm believing in my head, you know. <laughs> because you're believing your faith will demand an action with it. Actually, will come with it. Praise the Lord. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We believe, and if we believe the word, the word, Peter said, repent, be baptized. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? The Bible said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It doesn't say, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. It said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So these are words of Jesus, and the Bible is full of them. And in those words, folks, are the keys to all the blessings of God. They're all in the Word. It's in the Word. Happiness, uh, fulfillment in life, uh, the peace of God, the the joy of the Lord, uh, relationship with each other. It's all found in the Word of God that we will learn to say, Lord, we have faith. We have to have faith to be saved. Faith to be saved. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the law when he came, he was the Messiah. When Jesus first showed up, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He said it twice in one day. The Lamb of God. And so the two disciples of John. And one of them was Andrew, which was a brother of Peter. Uh, He heard that, and they started following the Lord. And they said, Lord, where where are you living? He said, come and see. Where, Where do you live? You know, where are you going? We want to follow you. He said, come and see. And so Andrew went to see his brother Simon Peter. And he said, we have found him of whom the law and the prophets have spoken of. We found him. We have found the Messiah. That's what he said. We have found the Christ. The word Christ is the Greek word of the New Testament for Messiah in the Old Testament, which is Hebrew. And so he said, we have found the Christ. In other words, we found the Messiah. And when they said Messiah, man, everything goes off because the Bible is full of scriptures about the coming of the Messiah. One thing after another, how it would be, how he would be, what he would do, how he would change everything. Uh, Moses prophesied about him 18th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy talked about him. 15th verse 18th verse talks about him. it says that there'll be a prophet that'll come that'll be like me him you will listen to him you will hear and so all of these scriptures and all these uh, things that were in the law were all fulfilled in Jesus Christ so when Jesus Christ came he came as the Word of God praise the Lord to bring Israel into repentance. And to bring Israel into redemption and salvation. Jesus means Jehovah hath become salvation. And so he, would, he came to bring salvation to Israel. But they rejected that. They didn't believe. You see they lost it right there. Some many of, of them did. The early church was. A, the, the church of Jerusalem was a powerful church. It was a great church. Big church. Many people saved. You start reading in the book of Acts kept saying that there was multitudes added, multitudes, multitudes. And that church grew and became a fabulous church. But as it did so, uh, these uh, the, the Jewish people as a whole began to back away and they would not believe in Jesus. And of course, you know, they crucified him and uh, that was before, of course, the church began to grow and so forth. But I'm just pointing out to you here that Israel as a nation did not believe the Lord they did not accept the Lord they did not and you have to believe in Jesus Christ you got to believe his word you got to believe his word praise the Lord his word is powerful his word is truth and uh, there is a scripture that uh, speaks about it over I think over in the book of uh, Timothy Uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter I think chapter 6 verse 12 here's what he says about faith Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And that's the fight. And that's what the devil would try to get you to do. Don't believe the word of God. Don't believe the word. Don't accept the word. Don't believe it. He'll work on you. He'll work on your case. He'll try to get you not to believe the word, folks. But if you say, I believe God's word, and you hold fast to it, it'll never fail you. Heaven and earth shall be on fire before the word ever goes down. The word will never go down. Because it was here before even the heaven and earth was here, because all things were made by His word, and so His word is, supersedes everything. Uh, in Second Timothy, this is just one page over in my Bible here, but over in Second Timothy chapter three and ver- ver- chapter four and verse seven, Paul says, and he's wrapping up his own life when he says this, because this was the last book he wrote, the last thing he had to say. It was just shortly after that, Paul was executed. Here's what he said to Timothy. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. The reason I'm telling you that because fighting the devil is not this kind of stuff. Fighting the devil is not some, you know, some bad, big bad spirit coming at you and flapping wings and bat wings in your face and all that. Fighting the fight and fighting the battle is keeping the faith. Praise the Lord. I believe God. And sometimes, folks, that's a tough one. It's a tough battle sometimes. It's hard. But you've got to fight that fight of faith. Amen. By faith, we are saved. We are saved by grace and that through faith. Faith is our response to God's grace. God's grace is his forgiveness, his calvary, the shedding of his blood, all that he did for us. That's God's grace. And, the, and our faith is our response to God's grace. Do I, when I hear that, do I receive that? Do I believe that? Do I accept that? Do I act upon that? Do I repent of my sin? Do I, uh, do I, uh, do I go into the baptism and get baptized in Jesus' name? Uh, do I ask God to fill me with his spirit to give me the strength and what I need to walk with him by faith? Praise the Lord. So that is that faith salvation that is spoken of. And whenever that comes, uh, the, but the devil will try to keep you from getting saved. And then after you're saved, he'll work on you every time you say, well, look at this. The word of God says so and so. And then he'll be like he did with, with, uh, with Eve in the garden. Hath God said, you know, a little question mark. That's all. Just a little question. Mark. Hath God said. That's the first thing he said. He didn't go there and said, oh, God, it was lying to you when he said it. he didn't say it that way. He's a have God said, question, question, question. Don't ever question the word of God. Just say, God, you said it, I believe it. Hallelujah. If the whole world doesn't believe it, God. I'm going to believe it because it's in your word. And you do that, folks, and it'll sustain you. It'll keep you. And it'll help you through every trial, every test, every problem every thing you go through. And sometimes we go through some pretty tough places. There's three places in the Bible where it's, I'm talking about faith now, where it speaks on this wise. It says, The just shall live by faith. It's found in Romans, found in Hebrews, found in uh, Galatians. Those three books, the just shall live by faith. It comes from a book in the Old Testament called Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a minor prophet. I'm going to read a verse of scripture to you from Habakkuk here. Habakkuk was uh, was a prophet who lived at the time of the destruction of the temple, and what Habakkuk saw was the Babylonians who came from Babylon and overran Israel and took their people and killed their people and took their young people and back to Babylon and made servants out of them and, and used them in their courts and even enslaved some of them and so forth. And he saw all of that. He saw the temple destroyed. He saw the city of Jerusalem destroyed. And he saw all of that. And uh, when he saw all of that, He knew God was judging Israel, but what confused Habakkuk and what puzzled him about God was that God used a wicked nation like Babylon to judge a nation like Israel. And he knew Israel had been bad, and God had said, it's going to happen, Israel, if you don't straighten up, if you don't do right, I'm going to send judgment your way. Here's what he says. I'm reading from Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 4. Habakkuk spends his first chapter here really questioning God about some things he apologized to God. He asked God to forgive him, but he says, God, I just don't under- understand some things. Do you, are you listening to me? Have any of you ever been in a place like that? You mean, I just don't understand everything, God. But, you know, I'm trying to believe you, but it's, it's tough. Here's what he says. 1-4, therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. That's the Babylonians compassing that is surrounding the Jewish people, they compass the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. He's telling God this. And here's what he says over in verse twelve and thirteen in that same first chapter of Habakkuk twelve. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? We shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment, the Babylonians. And O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. He goes on to say in verse 13, Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore, that is why, wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue? You don't say anything. When the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. So Israel is more, I know Israel is bad, but they're more righteous than the Babylonians. And he said, Lord, I, I just don't understand it. And in chapter 2, the Lord speaks to him and begins, and this is what it says in two. and the Lord answered me. So The Lord answered him. And he goes on and he talks to him, and he talks to him extensively, and I won't read this whole second chapter long, a lot to read, just one verse. But he, he goes on to this, he says, behold, look at verse 4, behold, his soul which lifteth up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. In other words, he says, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, the just is going to have to live by my word no matter what happens, how it looks, which way it goes. You simply keep the faith. The just shall live by faith. And then he goes on to say, one day I will judge Babylon, I will. And when you come to chapter 3, Habakkuk then says to the Lord, Lord, Uh, and he he has a prayer. This third chapter is a prayer to God, and he says, God, I trust your word. I know everything you do is going to be right, and so forth. But he he had a big question there, why God would use the wicked to judge even those who he thought was less wicked than, than the Babylonians. And God went on to say, I will eventually judge them, but in the meantime, you just keep living for me. You keep serving me. You keep walking with me. And, folks, I'm telling you that this is God's will, this is God's way, this is God's word, and it, there is salvation to be saved, but there is also salvation to stay saved. We have one book to tell us how to be saved book of Acts. The epistles don't tell us how to be saved. The epistles just tell us why we can be saved and how it's possible we Gentiles are even, are even have a right to be saved and everything. And it tells us how to live for God, how to walk with God, how to serve the Lord. But The book of Acts tells us how to be saved. But God has given us 22 books in the New Testament to tell us, praise the Lord, how to stay saved. That's the epistles. And they tell us what to do, what not to do, how to live, how not to live. And so by those things, it lets us know God wants us not only to be saved, but he wants us to stay saved, praise the Lord. And we stay saved by saying, Lord, I believe your word, I believe your truth, I believe your wonderful ways of righteousness, God and I'll stay fast, stay fast with the things of God and hold fast to the way of the Lord and the word of God. Now, I want to go back to the uh, book of Romans for a moment here, and I want you to look with me. Uh, this 32nd verse in chapter 9 says, Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith. This is how Israel failed. And then Paul goes into chapter 10, and I'm watching the clock very closely here. I won't go over time. Chapter 10 verse 1 he said brother my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved because he knew Israel had failed the Lord for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God that cannot that not according to knowledge for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, uh, down in verse 6, it says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this, right, this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that, the, that, that is the word of faith. In other words, the word of faith is just as close as you're willing to say, God, I need you. Just as close as you're willing to repent. Just as close as you're willing to say, God, I want to call upon you. You don't have to go to Mecca. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to the temple. No, there's no temple. You don't have to go to the Temple Mount where, where the temple once stood, and the wall is, and they pray. You don't have to do that. It's, it's right here. All we have to do is say, God, we need you. You believe in your heart, and you speak it with your mind, and you believe in your heart, praise the Lord, and you call on the Lord, and I want you to know that the Lord will respond. Amen. Now, he's quoting here from a scripture out of the Old Testament. And uh, when Paul writes about this in Romans, He's actually quoting from, a, from some scripture over here in uh, Deuteronomy where he talks about, uh, let me read over here where it is. In Deuteronomy where the Lord tells Israel, he said, Israel, I'm going to tell you how you're going to be blessed of me. You keep my commandments and I'll bless you this way, bless you that way, bless you that way. But if you don't do those things and you, you sin and you begin to worship idols and you, and you draw away from me, Then he goes on to tell Israel, these things I will do. And he goes on to say here one place, you should be plucked off the land where you go. The Lord shall scatter thee among the people from the one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. All that has happened. And he goes on to say here in this place, he says, thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord shall give thee and shall return unto the Lord thy God. I'm reading here in chapter 30 of of Deuteronomy, verse 2 and shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, that thy children and so forth, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whether the Lord thy God has scattered. He's telling you the Lord will do that when you call upon him and he goes on finally and says this to them. For this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee. Same thing that is it, that it said over here in Romans. It's not hidden, it, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that I should say, who shall go up to heaven? It's not in the sea that you go to the sea. Uh, it's not beyond the sea. Finally, he says in verse 14, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. And he's telling Israel, Israel, when you're scattered in all the world, all you have to do is to acknowledge me and call on me, and I will answer your prayer. (coughs) You know why God hasn't done it yet? Because they do not acknowledge that Jesus Christ is their God. Jesus Christ is where it all is. And it's the words of the Lord. And all they have to do is say the word. Jesus, save us. Reach down and help me, Lord. And if they would do that, God will do it. And eventually, when, and in the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation, that happens. That happens. God sends back the two prophets, and they turn Israel's heart back to God by telling them Jesus Christ was your Messiah. But I'm saying that Israel, even to this day, it's right there. All they got to do is say it. Now, what does that mean to you and me, Brother Myers? It means that you and I, all we have to do is call on the Lord. I don't care who you are. You can be Jew, you can be Gentile, you can be, I don't care where you're from, I don't care if you're fat, uh, skinny, tall, short, uh, it doesn't matter with God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're going, what your background is, what country you're from. It matters nothing with the Lord, what he does care about, if we will open our mouth and say, Jesus, I believe in you. Praise the Lord. Do we really believe the word of the Lord? Do we believe the word of God? Do you really believe in the resurrection? Do you believe Jesus really rose from the dead? He did. I mean, the world laughs at it, folks. I'm telling you. But it's in the book. And I believe the word. And the word will stand when the heaven and earth is on fire. And I'm going to keep standing on it. It served me well, praise the Lord, over all these years. The Lord has never forsaken me. I've lived for him now for some 60 years. God has been very good 60. I've been married 60 years. I've for God longer than that. (laughs) Amen. I was saved before I got married. Praise the Lord. I don't know. But anyhow, God has, uh, God has been good to me. He's been good to you. And so we owe God praise. When we come to church, we should always say, Jesus, I praise you. Don't come to church and twiddle your thumbs. Don't come to church and just say, entertain me now. Just come to church and say, I've come to church to worship God, who is the God of all heaven and earth. Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. He is our Savior, folks. He will will save us and has saved us from our sins. He paid a big price to do it, but he did it because he loved us. And if we respond to that, we'll say, Jesus, thank you for ever coming down to this. Listen, folks, sometimes I pray in my own private little prayer time, and I have literally spent an hour just thanking the Lord that he ever saved me. That's all, just thanking him. I'm just telling you, you... There's all kinds of ways you can worship God and you can thank God and say, Lord, thank you for ever saving me. Thank you for the word of God ever coming to my part of the world, wherever you were, to my country, to my people, or whatever. Say, God, thank you, Lord, for ever sending that preacher my way. Hallelujah. And I'm just telling you here today, the Lord wants us to worship him, praise him, and say, Jesus, if you said it in your word, I believe it with all of my heart, and I'm going to say it, hallelujah, I'm going to declare it. I love you, I praise you, I worship, I glorify you. And folks, it's amazing what will begin to happen in your life when you believe the Word of God and you hold fast to it. Amen. Let's stand together and let's just worship God here this morning. Let's thank Him for His goodness. Let's thank Him for His Word and ask God, God, give us great faith to always believe it. Jesus, bless this congregation this morning. Bless us all, Lord, as we're gathered here this morning. Bless us, God, as we go into the song service in our morning worship. Bless every soul here this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.